Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. We're going to get this going. Yeah. The hardest working men in showbiz. You may never see nothing like this again. It's going to be rare. <laughs> it's going to be extremely. You may never see nothing like this again. Extremely rare. I'll tell you that much. Let's get the back call out. Try to get this going the right way. Hope everybody's doing well out there. Um, Jam-packed week for us, man. We had Steve Harvey from Market Mondays. Did an episode yesterday from Got Kai from Phase Glam. And we are back today to round out the week with a live with MG the mortgage guy on how to buy a home in 2022. Yeah. So, you know, grind on stop. We are in our Atlanta headquarters. If you notice the decor. Um, so yeah, man. It's a vibe. Just finished a dope interview. So like literally. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's gonna be coming your way real soon. Yeah. Shout out to Houston. One of the restaurateurs out there. Shout out to uh, my H Town family, Chris Senegal, Mike Brown, Jazz, what's going on? Who else we got out there? Slim Thug. Everybody in Houston, what's going on? Atlanta, what's up? New York. We will be home shortly. We will be home. Heard it's hot out there. Our brother MG about to jump on right now. Can you text me? Yeah, just hit me. Yes. So um, open enrollment, this is what we do every Wednesday, the last Wednesday of the month, every single month for EYL University. It gives you a peek into EYL University. We pick different topics. And I uh, just felt like this month, um, it would be a great time to address uh, how to buy a home and different aspects of it because we've been talking a lot about, you know, interest rates um, going through the roof and if homes are going to, 
you know, have a decline and different things of that nature. So a lot of people are nervous. A lot of people are antsy. A lot of people are on the fence if they should buy a home or not, because, you know, the uh, climate, the environment that we're in right now. So I felt like it would just be a good time to just have that conversation, and not only from a personal property standpoint, mm-hmm. but also from an investing standpoint as well. So I just feel like, you know, it would be a good time to just revisit this conversation. And um, middle of the year, looks like we're going to be headed towards a recession officially announced in a few weeks. So real estate, you can never, we can never talk about real estate enough. So I feel like now is a perfect opportunity to talk about real estate. And this is why we chose this topic right now. So, and then of course, MG is somebody that, you know, only makes sense to have this conversation with because he is not only, you know, EYL alumni, but a pioneer in the space and somebody that has helped pioneer the whole uh, financial literacy movement when it comes to real estate. So, um, you know, always good to hear his perspective mm-hmm. from somebody that's actually on the inside as a loan officer, not just somebody that just invests in property, somebody that actually is working in the field day to day and people approved for mortgages, getting people funding to buy homes. Like this is what he actually does. There so, is. Um, so, yeah, man, there he is. And, uh, and MLS 58700, <laughs> also known to you as MG, the mortgage guy. What's, what's going good? On, Yo, what's good, fellas? What's good, man? How y'all feeling, man? How you feeling, man? You know, um, I'm not 100%. I ain't gonna hold you up, but um, I'm here. I'm alive. I'm blessed, and um, I'm ready. To, I'm ready to show the fuck out, man. Let's go, man. <laughs> Let's go. I, I can't. I came. I came here for violence today, man. Let's go. I've been. I've been. I've been cooped up for a whole week. Let's go, man. Where my earners at, man? Let's go. MG, I'm, I, I gave you the co-host joint, so I know, I already. I mean, we in for a treat tonight. I saw what's happening. So before we start, I just definitely want to give my condolences to EYL alumni that passed away today, Daryl Freeman Jr. Um, if you're familiar with Daryl Freeman, he came on the episode a while ago, like a year and a half ago. And a gentleman from Nashville, Tennessee, that was big in real estate, actually. Um, <coughs> Huskies, another EYL alumni, he invested in their company and was helping mentoring them and, um, you know, started his company and sold it for $22 million. And it's a great story. And he gave a lot of great insight on how to evaluate a business, how to sell a business, how to, you know, buy real estate, different things of that nature. And somebody that, you know, we became real good with. And um, he actually was a, a, a paid member of EYL University also, and added a lot of value to EYL University and added a lot of value to anybody online that was interested in entrepreneurship and investing. So, Sad to hear about his passing today. Um, you know, definitely send our condolences to his family, uh, to his friends. And, um, you know, EYL is, is, is we could say, an alumni because it is, it is a fraternity. And it's, um, you know, some people we speak to more often than other people. But, you know, when you come on Earn Your Leisure, you, you definitely, you know, become part of the family. Mm-hmm. And we develop relationships with a lot of the people. So, this is the first person that has ever come on our platform that has passed away. So, um, you know, that's something that's new to us, but we all know that, you know, life is short, life is fragile and, um, you know, nobody lives forever. So the, the, the key is to make the most out of life that you have, appreciate it, make wise decisions and uh, leave your family in a, in a, in a better position 
um, when you pass away to, to, you know, have peace of mind, have generational wealth and create some level of, you know, stability. So um, I'm sure that he did that. So, yeah, just wanted to give give yeah. my condolences, speak Absolutely. a little bit before we start this, because we're going to be talking about real estate, we're going to talk about a lot of money. But ultimately, we got to keep in mind that life is the most important at life is the most important asset that we will ever have. And we can never, um, you know, take it for granted because just to be able to breathe is a blessing. Just to be able to, you know, have your your right mind is a blessing. So we're all blessed at the end of the day. If you're watching this, you're blessed. If you're able to type something in in the chat, you're blessed. If you're able to, you know, speak, tell a friend and tell a friend, you're blessed. We're blessed Mm -hmm. to be able to, you know, be here in front of you and to speak. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. And, and, when we talk about legacy, right, and I said this kind of a few times, but legacy is really written by the people you've impacted. And so I'm sure his legacy will live on, especially to us and the people he's mentored, his business partners, Simon Husky. Um, and he's always, like like Rashad said, he's a, he's a man who's always offered guidance um, or somebody that we could text and call him when we needed him. Um, even invite us to to visit his own island with, with his family. So a gracious man. And again, we offer our condolences for his untimely passing, uh, but we're going to keep the legacy going. Um, entrepreneurship was something he was big on. Creating businesses was something he was big on, but understanding how to evaluate and potentially sell your business was something that he was big on. And so, you know, we're going to keep the legacy going. And I'm sure Ernest in here and the people that watch it on YouTube, y'all will as well. So again, rest in peace to, to Dow Freeman Jr. and condolences to the family. Yeah. Yeah, he was an active earner too. At that, he was he he was active, and you know, for a man to have made that amount of money, and he's in a private Facebook group, paid and he paid to be in there, and um, giving a lot of insight to the earners almost daily, and what he's did online. You know, he championed being the free the free game champ, basically. You know, and I think that's something that all three of us and our whole movement, what we do too is try to give a lot of free game more than paid, right? Um, So he was definitely a legend and rest in peace to him and his family because, you know, it's sad, man. You never know. You never know. And it's crazy. I was thinking like I haven't seen him a lot this year too because normally he's super active online. And just to hear hear the news today, it was just um, kind of took a step back. So Rest in peace to Daryl Freeman Sr. and condolences to his family and God bless that man. Yes. So we're going to get into this. We'll talk about Ebola University, but I want to talk about that later on. I feel like, you know, we can we can get into the programming, get some education, and then we can kind of, you know, talk about that. So, um, yeah, we're not even going to waste no time. MG, the floor is yours. We're going to talk about how to buy a home. This is something that's very, very important. A lot of people want to buy homes, whether it's your first home, second home, third home, investment property. Um, you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of fear in the marketplace. So let's give the people some education. Well, Warren Buffett once said the famous quote, right? When people are being um, greedy, be fearful. And when people are being fearful, be greedy. So I need everybody to understand that this is one of those times and it's going to be better than the pandemic, I'm telling you. I told you guys two years ago during the pandemic, April 2020, I was on The Breakfast Club and I was on there. And I told y'all when they open up America, the floodgates are going to happen. The government's going to do everything in their power to prevent a crash. And they did. Um, in the real estate space, I'm speaking specifically. 
and it went crazy and I was online screaming to the top of my lungs, you need to go and get this cheap money because it won't last forever. As you all can see, it didn't last forever. It lasted for about 18, 20 months and now interest rates have skyrocketed. But I want everybody to understand that presents probably the best opportunity for real estate people in the next two years because there's going to be less buyers in the market. There's going to be more inventory that's going to hit the market. Um, and especially if you are investing, this is going to be probably the best opportunity for you as an investor to buy real estate. Just pay attention to everything that's happening in the news. They are, they are spewing fear left and right when it comes to housing. So this is the time, in my opinion, where you guys need to really start thinking like investors. Even if you're buying your first home, think like an investor. And this is something I've been screaming for the top of my lungs also. Stop being emotional. Think like an investor because this opportunity will pass you by if you don't take action on it. Regardless of where the interest rates are right now, it's still a great opportunity to buy. Um, so I'm going to share my screen, man. Let's get busy with this real quick. Um, now, you got to forgive me. I'm new to this Mac. Tooks done did all types of new stuff in the in the studio. I don't, I'm don't. i a PC guy, so I don't even... He told me I got to swipe with three fingers. I'm like, what is this, bro? I don't know what you're talking about. So <laughs> y'all got to forgive me. Um, where I, I don't even know how you... Sh okay, share your screen. I think he said share my desktop, right? Yeah. Uh, how you do share desktop? Oh, share desktop one. Okay. You see, I don't know what I'm doing, y'all. Then now we see it. We can see it now. You see my desktop now? Yeah, yeah. All right, y'all see this? Yeah, perfect. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I'm not the most tech guy, but Tooks, since I just came off of COVID, he said I'm not being next, in, next to you until next week. <laughs> uh, rightfully so. So, um, all right, let me how let me figure out how to maximize this. How do you maximize your to, so uh, his slideshow? Slideshow. Where you see that at? It's right there. Next to share. Next to share. Next to the yellow share button. You you are getting a tutorial on how to work in computer. Uh, <laughs> go back, go back, bro. <laughs> Where you see slideshow. So you, you see move the cursor to the right. Okay. Up, 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 right, right there, there. Right. No, no, no. Down, 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 down. Oh, slideshow, slideshow, right here, yeah. You know, I couldn't see it because you guys was in, like, the picture-in-picture -picture thing was there. Gotcha. Okay. Now you're good, right. Now we good. Now we good. All right, y'all. So this is Matt Garland, NMLS number 58700, better known as MG, the mortgage guy. Um, Let's get busy. We're going to teach y'all how to buy a house in 2022. Who am I? I am the mortgage banker. The mortgage goat, the mortgage king, whatever you want to call me, just call me something. Um, I've been in a business for 19, going on 20 years, funded almost a billion dollars. That's a billion would it be um, in my career. Um, I'm one of the top mortgage people in the country. I run a division of a mortgage bank. We are here to help you guys achieve your real estate goals, whether you're looking to buy your primary residence, buy a secondary home or a vacation home, or purchase investment properties, me and my team could help you achieve your goals, all right? Just hit the link in my Instagram bio, and we, we will take care of you. All my resources are there, all right? <clears throat> so today, we're going to keep it real simple. I'm going to give you a lot of information. If you're ready for some information, put some fires in the chat. MG is ready to go. We're going to teach you how to pre prepare your lender file. I'm going to teach you how to hire the right lender, right, with low programs. And I'm going to go briefly on a couple programs. I'm going to discuss closing costs, 
the underwriting process, then I'll open it up for some Q&A. But there's going to be a lot of information in this, and I'm going to take you to a couple different websites also. So I'm going to need you guys to really focus in on this because I want to show you guys how to go get certain information on your own versus it being in a slideshow. <clears throat> All right, preparing your lender file, most important. Most important, a lot of people are not organized. This is one of the biggest problems that I see when people are looking to purchase real estate. They are not organized. So one of the key things I want to tell you guys, the document checklist that you see here is pretty standard across the board for all lenders. And I love to see all that fire in the chat, YouTube. Y'all keep it going. Let's hit that like button. Share this with 10 people immediately. All right. And y'all screenshot this slide because these are the documents that you are going to need for any lender that you go to in America, all right, your last two years of W-2s, you're going to need a two-year work history. Now, if you are two-year, if you are a W-2 employee, you do not need to show tax returns unless that lender has overlays, which are guidelines on top of guidelines. But for the most part, if you are a simple W-2 employee, you do not need to show your tax returns. We do need to see a two-year work history. Now, one of the biggest things that people always tell me is, Matt, I had five jobs in the past two years, but they were all W-2. Does this disqualify me? No, it does not. Any gaps in employment, we have to document with a letter of explanation that gap in employment, all right? If you go from working from Target to UPS to, to Best Buy, that's okay. As long as your income is the same or increasing, you won't have no issues. But if your income is decreasing, then that could be an issue. All right. <clears throat> Last two. Now, I want to say another thing. If you go from W-2 to 1099 or self-employed, you start your clock back over. So if you go from working at the post office and then you want to open up your event space and quit and fire your job, then guess what? You start all over. You start all over. All right. Last two years, tax returns. This is truly only if you're self-employed or if you own real estate um, investments is where we have to look at your last two years tax returns if you are self-employed. Last 30 days of pay stubs. Um, we need all pay stubs for the past 30 years. So if you get paid bi-weekly, we need the last two. If you get paid weekly, we need the last four. If you have multiple jobs, we need to have all the pay stubs for multiple jobs. Now, I'm glad I just said that to myself. Multiple jobs. If you have, if you work two jobs at the same time, you need to have a two-year consistent work history of working those two jobs. So let's just say you work at UPS in the daytime and then you work at Target overnight and you want to use both of those incomes to help you qualify. That is okay. We just need to show that you worked at both of these jobs consistently and consecutively at the same two-year time frame. All right. Because a lot of people start new jobs and they say, I've been at this new job for a year and they want to use that income. That income won't work. All right. So I just want you guys to please understand that if you have multiple jobs and you work them simultaneously, you need to have a two-year history for the lender to use that. Last two months of your bank statements, all pages, very important. <clears throat> if your bank statement says page seven, six of seven and that last page is left blank, the underwriter will still need to see page seven. Even if it says this page is left blank intentionally, 
we still need to see um, that statement. Now, with your bank statements, what we are looking for is the large deposits. So you don't want to have too many large deposits, especially cash, going into your bank account um, because we cannot document that transaction. Okay, um, if you have NSF fees, non-sufficient funds, you you don't want to show those bank statements because if you cannot manage your money and you go in negative every month, then why would a bank want to give you a loan? That shows you have no discipline. So you have to make sure that there's no NSF fees. What I try to tell everybody is this, right? If you are purchasing a home, even if you're preparing right now, you say, I want to buy in six months or eight months, open up a separate account call that your real estate fund, name it whatever you want to call it, right? And then have, if you're going to use your direct deposits, if you're going to use whatever money that you're making that you can legally document, have that money only deposited into that account and don't try to do minimum transactions in that account. That way you eliminate a lot of headache and a lot of future paperwork. Copy of your ID has to be a government-issued ID, driver's license, passport, and it has to be valid. If you're getting a gift, which is allowed for most traditional programs, conventional FHA, VA, you can get a gift. It just has to be documented with a gift letter, and we have to see the, the donor's bank statements showing them that they have the money and they're able to gift it over to you. Now, what a lot of people try to do and I'm going to tell you this right now. Don't do this. They will have mattress money and say, hey, I got 50K on my mattress or 20K on my mattress. I'm going to give it to my mom, let her deposit it, and then she's going to wire me the money as a gift. It doesn't work like that. You can't do that. We're going we're gonna to see that all day, and we won't be able to use that money. So if you're going to get a gift from a family member or a parent or sibling, you have to make sure whatever amount that they're gifting you, that they have that money in their account already. And then you're going to need a completed loan application. Whatever lender that you're going to do business with, they will be able to provide you with, um, with that online loan application. So again, screenshot this, save it, and study this, all right? Okay, how do I go to the next one? I hate this Mac. <laughs> all right. So let's let's go. Oh, you see, stupid Mac. All right, here we go. I'm giving y'all the juice early. All right, now now that you have your documents and you're ready to go to get pre-approved, but I need you guys to understand the difference between a, a regular traditional pre-approval and the fully underwritten pre-approval is right. A regular pre-approval is basically a letter that is issued by a loan officer at the bank. They have reviewed your income, your assets, your credit report, and they have determined that based off of their calculations that you can get X, Y, and Z amount of money. This, this is not a commitment to lend from the bank. I need you guys to all understand that a loan officer like myself, although I am a great loan officer, I do not issue loan commitments. The only person that can issue a loan commitment on behalf of a bank is an underwriter. So 
to be quite honest with you, that pre-approval letter that even myself and my team is going to give you, it's not worth the papers printed on because people can have a pre-approval letter and still get declined once they get into contract for a house to buy. This happens every single day nationwide. Reason being, sometimes loan officers make mistakes and they do not calculate your income properly. Um, these things happen all the time. So I need you guys to understand pre-approvals are worthless. Although it is needed, it is needed, and I want you guys to please understand the, of what I'm really truly saying here. It is needed for you to go out there and shop for a home, this, that, and third. It gives you an idea. If you got a great loan officer like me, I like to tell people my pre-approvals are solid gold because I pre-underwrite because of my skill set, right? But not every loan officer is built alike. So what I always recommend, and my team offers this service also, is a fully underwritten pre-approval. This basically means that the loan officer, not only did he review your income, credit, documentation, um, et cetera, that he now he's going to pack, he or she is going to package up that loan as if you're in contract. And then now they're going to submit that loan to underwriting. And the address is going to be a TBD um, address to be determined. And now the underwriting department from the lender, they will actually review your file as if it's a real deal, meaning you have executed contract of sale. They're going to review it and they're going to issue what's called a conditional um, mortgage approval or conditional loan commitment. And this means that the lender is committing that they will give you X, Y, and Z amount of dollars based off of you meeting these conditions. Now, when we get later into this presentation, we're going to talk about the underwriting process and conditions and things of that nature. But what I love about having a fully underwritten pre-approval, this gives you all the work done up front. So you know exactly what the lender wants to see to close. Three things they're going to want to see is a contract to sell, a clean title report, and an appraisal. Right. Obviously, you don't get those things until you sign contract, but you'll have everything else that that underwriter likes or doesn't like on that conditional mortgage approval letter. So now you can start working on that credit approval side while you're out here shopping. And also, once you get so let's just say they want a letter of explanation, they want to see the gift funds, et cetera, et cetera. You can, can submit all these what we call conditions to the underwriting department and they'll clear those conditions so that way by the time you find a house only thing you need is probably three or four things and you can close now what this is going to do and i'm highly recommending everybody who's watching this live and who's going to watch this on a replay if you're buying a house in today's market if you want to be competitive you need a fully underwritten pre-approval letter because this is going to give you that ability to close fast two to three weeks right and most markets, people are still waiving financing contingencies, meaning they don't, if they don't, they're waiving their right um, to financing. So if they get declined by a bank, it doesn't matter. They still have to buy a loan. So when you are in, and that's typically for cash buyers, you see that, but you have some buyers who are getting financing who are going through this process are also waiving their financing contingencies because they know they have a mortgage already. All right, so this gives you a competitive advantage, especially if you're someone who's putting down 
3.55% down payment in today's market. All right. <clears throat> now, this is all going to be hard credit polls, pre-approvals, whether you go with a, a fully underwritten pre-approval or a traditional pre-approval. It's all hard polls. Okay. Pause. Hiring the right lender. <clears throat> all right. Hiring the right lender is very important. Like I said to you guys earlier, not all loan officers are built alike. Now, these are the three types of companies that originate loans. And I always get the question of what's the difference between a broker and a banker and a retail bank. So I want you guys to screenshot this slide also. So that way you can go back and you can reference this on your own. A mortgage broker is basically a middleman, right? A mortgage broker does not lend money. They're going to, they are on board or signed up with several lenders and their job is to quote unquote shop through those lenders to see who you can get the best deal with, right? A mortgage banker is like MG, um, where we lend, we process, we underwrite, we fund, we do everything in-house, okay? But we also sell the loan to the retail big bank because we're not set up for servicing. The retail big bank is more so like the Chase the Wells Fargo's of the world, where they offer more products, not just mortgages. They'll offer you check-ins, savings accounts, personal loans, auto loans, you know, credit unions will kind of fit into this category as well. All right. Now, the difference between the all three, <laughs> look, first of all, I want to just make this clear. When you're working with any company, a Chase, a Wells Fargo, you know, Loan Depot, any of the big brand names like the Quicken Loans or Rocket Mortgages, whatever you see out there, you have to remember you're not working with that company. You're working with the loan officer. So you have to make sure that you're interviewing these loan officers, right, to make sure that they fully are capable of helping you achieve your real estate goal. If you are looking to buy your first primary residence, one of the questions that people always ask me, yo, Matt, what questions do you ask when you are interviewing these people? I always tell people to ask questions you already know the answer to. But the very first question should be, if you're buying a primary house, ask them, are they a homeowner? Very simple. Are you a homeowner? If you're looking to buy an investment property, ask them, do you own investment properties currently? I am of the firm belief, and this is no disrespect to anybody in my industry who does not own a home or investment properties right now, but I am on the firm belief that if you are going to work with um, someone, they should actually own real estate, right? Because how can they really identify with you, all right, and the process of what you're going to go through? That's just me personally. So these are some of the questions that I will ask, and then ask them questions that you already know the answers to, right? You may know a little bit about FHA. You may know a little bit about conventional. So ask them three or four things that you know the answer to, like the back of your hand, and just see how they're going to answer those questions. You'll be surprised that a lot of people just don't know what they're doing. And by you asking questions you already know the answer to, you can kind of get an understanding of their knowledge base, and then you can kind of dig a little bit deeper from there and determine if he or she will be right 
to be a part of your real estate team. Because you have to remember, guys, whether you're buying your first house or your 10th house, this is a business. Real estate is a business. If you can file it on your tax returns and get tax deductions, it's a business. I don't care if you're going to live in it. I don't care what nobody tells you. So you have to always remember, you are the CEO of your business. You are in charge. You have to put your team together and you have to make sure that everybody on your team, lenders, realtors, attorneys, whoever it is, everybody has your best interests in mind. All right. Always remember that. So these are the three types of companies that originate loans. Just want to give you guys a little bit game on this so you can kind of understand who's who and what are the players. All right. Let's talk about some loan programs. Whew. All right, so I'm going to stick to the usual suspects tonight. We got a minimum um, 580s credit score for FHA, 3.5% down payment is required. Max seller's concession is 6%. A seller's concession is when a seller agrees to um, pay a portion or all of your closing costs. Now, a seller's concession is not guaranteed. A seller's concession, how um, gets included into your loan amount only if the house appraises for the higher value. So I'm going to give you guys a quick example, and I'm going to use easy numbers just as an, as an example. If you're buying a home for $100,000 and you want to get a 6% seller's concession, which is $6,000, right? A 6% seller's concession is $6,000 on hundred k. That means $106,000 is what your house, the house has to appraise for in order for you to get a seller's concession. And now your down payment is based off of the $106,000, not the $100,000. The seller will still net the $100,000, but those, that $6,000 is, is increasing your financing so you can get a credit for your closing costs. <clears throat> That's how a seller's concession works. So if you're in a competitive market like we are now, I believe the opportunity for buyers to get seller's concessions are going to come back as interest rates skyrocket. So I will encourage all my buyers who are watching this, closed mouth does not get fed. I repeat, closed mouth does not get fed. It doesn't hurt to ask, but consult with your real estate professional who's making the offers on your behalf to see what the market is dictating at that moment before you ask because you don't want to um, put yourself at a disadvantage at the same time. All right. One to four family FHA approved condos and mixed use properties are allowed with FHA. Now, for those of you who do not know what a mixed use property is, this is basically a commercial building. It's, it will have, typically in the Northeast, how a mixed-use property looks is a storefront on the bottom and residential units on the bottom. On the, on the Think about your local bodegas, right? That is mixed-use properties. The key with the mixed-use properties for it to be approved for FHA, it cannot exceed four total units with the commercial and the residential and the residential units have to be 51% of the livable square footage. So if you can find a mixed-use property, this can be a gold mine for you first-time home buyers because now commercial rent is going to be higher than residential. So eventually this will give you more cash flow. So this is a great opportunity for those buyers out there 
who live in areas where there are these type of properties to buy a commercial building with as little as 3.5% down payment. All right. 75% of the rental income can be used to help you qualify on a two to four unit property. So easy numbers for you guys right now. So if the rental income is $1,000, the lender will use $750 of that $1,000 to help you qualify for the loan, even if the property is vacant, okay? Three to four unit properties or triplex and quads in certain areas will require at minimum three months of reserves. What are reserves, MG? Reserves are your mortgage payment times three. So if your mortgage payment is $1,000 a month, then you need to have at least $3,000 post-closing, either in your checking, your savings, your brokerage, your 401k. It needs to be um, able to be liquidated, obviously, so the bank will want to see proof that you can liquidate it if needed to. But as long as you have it, then boom, you will qualify. Another thing about three or four family units, very important. I didn't put this on the slide. This is called the FHA self-sufficiency test. The FHA self-sufficiency test, very important. What this basically means that it doesn't matter if you qualify, you've been pre-approved. If you're looking to buy a three to four family, if that house is not self-sufficient, then FHA will not fund that three or four family unit. So for an example, let's just say if your mortgage payment is $1,000 a month and you're buying a four family unit, and let's just say all of the rental unit on this property equals up to $1,000 a month. So let's just say $250 per unit. Again, I'm using real simple numbers for you guys. We're going to use 75% of that $1,000, which gives you $750, but your mortgage payment is $1,000. So now that property is negative by $250. So that property is not self-sufficient. So after that 75% value that's taken away, the mortgage, that 75% needs to be $1,000 minimum to cover. So in that case, you would need at least a $1,500 mortgage at a very, a $1,500 rental income to qualify for the FHA self-sufficiency test. So that's very important, guys, for those of you out there who are looking to purchase three or four family properties with FHA. It's very important you understand the FHA self-sufficiency test. If you have a pre-approval for a three or four family, contact that loan officer and make sure that they understand the FHA self-sufficiency test. All right. <clears throat> Grants, gifts, 401ks can be used. Co-signers can be used. Max loan amount are based on the FHA county loan limits. Easiest way to find your FHA county loan limits is just Google your county and just put, you know, if I'm in Nassau County right now, so I'll put Nassau County FHA 2022 loan limits and it'll come right up, right? So, but you have to check because certain states like New York, this is a high cost area. We can get approved for more money. Like a four family, we can go up to 1.9 million. In other areas, you can't go that high. So you have to really check to see if FHA will even allow because of those county loan limits. And most importantly, most importantly, 
FHA is only for primary residents only. When you are speaking to a lender, take the word investment out of your vocabulary. Yes, we know it's a multifamily and it will be a quote-unquote investment, but you have to start using the terminology owner-occupied multifamily. And FHA requires you to live in this for one year. After one year, if you want to move out and live your best life, go right ahead. But don't commit mortgage fraud, guys. Don't commit mortgage fraud. <clears throat> All right, let's get busy. Let's talk about some student loans because a lot of you guys got student loans. If you got student loans, please type yes in the chat, please. If you have student loans, please type yes in the chat while I take some uh, uh, quick water break. <clears throat> Troy Shot, I'm good on time. The world is yours, man. Yours. You know that, the world man. Is yours. All right, say no more. Don't commit I, mortgage fraud. Please, number one, take <laughs> anything from this night. <laughs> I had to say it three times, bro. This is a message brought to you by the good folks at EYL. Please. This is <laughs> <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> Guidelines. All right, so we got a lot of people in the YouTube chat that's talking about they got student loans. So then you guys need to go ahead and screenshot this if you are FHA potential borrower. The great thing is FHA changed the student loan um, guidelines about a year ago, which was a home run for you guys. This is breaking down the calculations of it, right? So FHA uses the payment listed on the credit report or, or the account statement. But if the loan is deferred or forbearance, the lender would use a half a point of the outstanding balance. Let me give you a couple examples. If the payment on your credit report, let's just say you owe 200,000 K in student loans and your credit report shows that your monthly payment is $300, the lender will use the actual documented payment on your credit report, $300. A year ago, a year ago, um, that was not the case. The lender will probably use close to $2,000, a 1% rule, right? Payment not on a credit report. If your pay, if your balance of your federal loans is 50K and a monthly payment on your credit report is zero, the lender will still use $250 as your payment when calculated into your debt to income ratio, although you have a zero payment. Why? Because we're using a half a point of that 50,000. A year ago, we were using 1% and it will be um, $500 incorporated into your debt to income ratio. If the payment is zero on your credit report, let's say you owe 70K in federal loans and your credit report shows a monthly payment of zero, the lender will use $350 for your payment unless you ask the servicer to recalculate the payment due to a significant change or family size. That could be known as an income-based repayment plan, right? If your loan is in deferment, if you owe 100K in federal loans and your credit report shows that the loans are in deferment, the loan officer you will use $500 as your actual monthly payment unless you can document from the servicer that you have a lower payment under income-driven repayment plan when that deferment ends. So guys, these rules completely change and FHA and conventional had boxed out so many people with student loans because of the stupid ass 1% calculation, right? Even though you wasn't paying that much, you still we still had to calculate 1%. With these new options that's available for you, the government understood and understands that um, it's difficult for 
people who are going to school and coming out with large debt to buy real estate. So they're trying to encourage home ownership. So they changed the guidelines, which I think is a home run for everybody who typed yes in chat that they have student loans. So again, screenshot this, study it, and let's move forward. Let's talk about student loans that are in collections. A lot of you are in collections. You are default on your student loans. Please understand, if you are in collections or default, you will not get a loan until you take those student loans out of the firm, out of default or collection status. So please, 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 even, even if it's not popping up on your credit report, remember lenders are doing basic, they're basically doing background checks. We run a system called caviars. We will find that you have some debt, some student loan debt, and we will tell you, nope, you're declined. So if you know you have that debt, work out some payment arrangement and move forward. How to find grants. I want you to all screenshot this, okay? I want you to all screenshot this website, and I'm actually going to try to go to this website. Uh, let's see. Can y'all still see my screen? How you yeah, we can see it. Yeah, we see it. All right, so let me see. I want to move this damn. How you move this stupid Zoom bar? Yo, who said a Mac was good? Shout out to Apple, though. <laughs> but I can't yeah, even... Just click, click one of those things right at the top and then type in the website. No, I have it already open, but I can't move the stupid bar. Uh, all right. Why is the bar not moving? Ah, there we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. Bet. Here we go. All right. Can y'all still see my screen? Yeah, you good. Bet, bet. So we at the local home buying, right? So remember, I was just here. This is the website. Let me go back to it real quick. As y'all can tell, I'm not that computer savvy. So I'm back at the website, hud.gov forward slash buying forward slash local buying. Somebody type that in chat. Hud.gov forward slash buying, forward slash local buying. All right. Ari, I see you in the YouTube chat. Um, put that put that link in the chat for me, Ari. So this is the website. This is what it looked like. A lot of people don't even understand that there's a lot of money out there, um, especially through a lot of local programs. And people are always asking me, how do you find this money? Well, this is one website that people don't know. And you see you have all 50 states right here. So I'm going to pick a state, right? Uh, give me a state. Somebody give me a state. Troy, give me a state. Uh, California. Let's go to Cali. California. All right. So we're in Cali. So you see it says home ownership. You got the getting started. So if you look right here, it says buying a home. So you can even see if you got HUD homes for sale right here. You got home ownership vouchers right there. Right. You even got stuff for home repairs and avoiding foreclosure. But let's talk about assistance and programs. Click on that. Now, as you see here, homeownership assistance for California. You've got statewide and regional programs and you have all the programs right here. How you can even go by sort by city or county. Right. So let's go sort it by county. Where's L.A.? L.A. is. Uh, let's see. Let's take let's let's go to Fresno. Let's see what's in Fresno. No, it's, it wants me to leave. I'm not going to take no chance. I'm not going to leave the website. 
because I will not do it. But y'all see how easy that is, right? Let's go to let's go to another state, right? Let's go to Illinois since it's right here. Same thing. Real easy to find. Look for buying for a home. Home ownership assistant programs. You go right here. You scroll down. They got all the statewide and regional programs. All right here for you guys. Programs by the city. You got contact information right here. You got who you can contact for what city it's in. It's all right here, ladies and gentlemen. It's all right here, right under your nose. And they don't talk about this stuff. And it's very simple and easy to find. I'm going to go to New York because we're in New York, right? Assistance and programs. And then you have all the New York programs. And even by city, by town, you got Long Island, New York, Hudson Valley, upstate, and you have contact numbers, you have websites, emails. I mean, you have everything that you need up here to find you some free money. All right? Everything you need up here to find your money. And New York got a lot of money. You see how long that list was. So this is what I want to explain to you guys. You have to do your homework. You have to do your due diligence. And this is why I want to take you to the website versus me just having this on my PowerPoint because I want you guys to be able to find this stuff on your own. All right. So, again, the website is HUD.gov forward slash buying forward slash local buying. Okay. There you have it. In my Rashad voice. Let's get to conventional financing. We're heating up now. 620 minimum credit score, minimum down payment, 3 to 15%, depending on what type of property you are buying, whether it's a one family or multifamily. Whew. Max sellers concession allowed is 3%. You can buy one to four family and Fannie Mae approved condos and co-ops. I didn't put co-ops up there, but co-ops as well. Um, max loan amount is based on Fannie Mae loan limits. Again, all you have to do is Google Fannie Mae 2022 loan limits, and you will have all the information you need right there. Grants, gifts, and 401k is allowed. Um, you have to live in the property for one year if it is your primary residence also. Now, we're going to take you back to another website. Now, before we get there, let's talk about the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac student loan guidelines. It's pretty much the same thing, but I like Freddie guidelines better. So if you are going conventional and your student loans listed on a credit report is, uh, is, is zero or if it's deferred or in forbearance, the lender is going to use the 1% balance um, to calculate it. So if you have that situation, you probably don't want to go Fannie Mae. You want to go Freddie Mac because Freddie Mac is like FHA where they'll use a half a percent of the loan balance to qualify. So the, the examples that I gave you guys earlier on how to calculate is the same exact for both Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. But if you go going conventional with um, student loans, your best bet is to ask the lender <clears throat> or tell the lender, not even ask because you're the boss. You tell the lender you need to have a Freddie Mac backed conventional mortgage because of your student loans, okay? And yes, for those of you on YouTube who keep asking, will this be saved on the channel? Yes, it will. This is free game university right now. You're welcome. All right, <clears throat> two of my favorite programs with Fannie, with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, 
um, is Fannie Mae Homestyle and Freddie Mac Home Possible. Let's go to the websites. Let's go to Home Ready first. So all you got to do is Google Fannie Mae Home Ready. Go to Google and, all, and you will see the websites will come to the top. Now, I'm bringing you to, the, to this website on purpose because it's very important that you understand um, these programs and what these websites look like, right? <clears throat> because these, website, these websites are very, very, very important for you to navigate. You have all the information that you will need on these websites right here alone. So I'm going to get you guys a little bit familiar with this. Now, when you're dealing with um, Freddie Mac or Fannie Mae Home Possible, this is all income base. All right. So what I mean by that, and this is the Home Possible website, right? Just get you guys a little bit familiar on how it looks. But let me go back here, right? So let me Google something. So let me go Fannie Mae, uh, Fannie Mae, Mae income limits, right? Fannie Mae Home Possible, Home Ready, excuse me, income limits, right? So this medium income is very important. So if you're looking to get qualified for this home, I mean for this program, you have to, let me just hit this, you can't make more than 80% of the area medium income, all right? So again, how I got to this is all the thing I did was Google Fannie Mae Home Ready Income Tool, and this map will show up. Now, I'm going to punch in a zip code. I am in Valley Stream right now, so I'm going to type in Valley Stream zip code. And now you're going to see it's going to come here, and it's going to bring the map of Valley Stream. Now, it's telling me the area medium income in my area where I'm at right now is 99000 But in order to qualify for this loan, I, the, the, my income cannot exceed 79600 all right, so that's 80% of that 99,000. You can do this for anywhere in the country to see um, what's your income. What's, what's Westchester zip code, y'all? Uh, 10603. All right, let's do 10, you said 10603? Yeah. 10603, why that's not coming up? So don't do this like that. <laughs> 10603. 10603. Damn, that shit ain't coming up. 10606. 10606. Jamaica, New York. Okay. It works better with an address, y'all, but I'm just trying to give you an idea. So Jamaica, they pulled up Southside, but it's all good. So we got 99500 
the 80% is still 79,600. So you guys see how simple this is. This is this is the gross income that the lender is using, not your adjusted gross. We're not looking at the tax returns. This is your gross income, not your net income. Only way it's going to go for net income is if you're self-employed and you're trying to get one of these loans. But this is the first step that you need to go to see if you even qualify for the home possible or home ready program because they both go off the same thing. So I want to show you guys what this looked like in real time so you are familiar with this. And this works best if you have an address. So if you're looking for properties and you're already pre-approved, just punch in any address in your area, right? The average, the average income in South Jamaica, Queens is $99,000. According to the government, the area medium income in the area is 99500 correct? That's interesting. Very. <clears throat> and these houses are probably a million dollars. Go figure. So that's the websites that you got to go to to see if you qualify. And if you qualify, it's a great program, both of them. With Freddie Mac, which I love more than the home ready is with Freddie Mac, you can put down as little as three to five percent with buying a two to four family property, um, which with conventional products, if you don't qualify for these programs, you'll have to put down 15 to 20 percent. So I love the home possible program for that. And then also with the Fannie Mae home ready program, one of the things that I love is that they will allow you to use border income or if you or roommate income to help you qualify even if you're buying a one family property. So if you're buying a one family, let's just say you was in college, you had a roommate, you can document that you had a roommate and the roommate is going to move in with you, right? Then you can have a quote unquote lease sign between you and that roommate. And if they're making, paying, let's say $500 a month, we can use 75% of that 500 to help you qualify. Now, a lot of you got roommates and you don't know, right? If you are unmarried and you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend and y'all live together, y'all roommates. Read between the lines. Back to the presentation. So that's the Fannie Mae Freddie Mac Homestyle. I hope you caught that little gem. Moving right along. Closing costs. Let's talk about some closing costs. <clears throat> Whew. All right. You know what? This is what I'm gonna do. Let's go back to let's go back to this. Let me show y'all what a loan estimate looks like. Okay. This is what, yeah, some of y'all on YouTube got it, <laughs> roomies, exactly. All right, so this is what, this is a sample loan estimate. <clears throat> this is what you're going to get from a lender. Some will give you this before you even sign a contract on the house. I know me and my team, we issue loan estimates only when you have a contract. If you want a cost breakdown, we'll give you what's called the closing cost worksheet, which is not a loan estimate, but it gives you an idea of what the fees are. So I want to show this to you so you guys can get familiar of what you're looking at, right? So on the top left-hand side, you're going to have whoever the bank is, the bank's address is going to show you the date that the loan estimate was issued. The applicants is you with the property addresses, the estimated property value. It'll tell you what your loan terms are, 
the purpose of it, what type of product you have. So if it's a 30-year fixed mortgage, it'll tell you that it was a 30-year fixed mortgage. If it's a FHA, conventional VA, one of these boxes right here will be checked. It'll tell you your loan number or your loan ID. And most importantly, is the rate locked or not? Okay. And if it is locked, as you can see here on this example, it tells you until what time that it is locked. Okay. <clears throat> Scrolling down, you have your loan terms, your loan amount, your interest rate, your monthly principal and interest payment. The principal interest is what you're paying back to the bank. It'll tell you if you have a prepayment penalty or not. If it's a balloon payment or not, you're not going to see this in regular traditional loans. So don't worry about that right now. If you have mortgage insurance, you'll see it right here. Um, on your payment, projected payments, it'll tell you if it's mortgage insurance. And if it was, there'll be a number listed right here where it says zero. And then in this column right here, it will tell you what year it's projected to fall off. Very important if you're taking out loans with mortgage insurance that you are paying attention to this, right? Your escrow is to manage your property taxes and the homeowner's insurance. Escrow, let me say this, and I'm going to say this loud and clear for everybody who is listening. Escrow is subject to change on an annual basis. So whatever mortgage payment that you guys start off with today, that will not be your mortgage payment in a year because taxes will go up, homeowners insurance will go up, and that means your mortgage payment is going to go up. So although you have a 30-year fixed mortgage, the only thing that is fixed is that principal and interest payment. Your escrow is subject to change. Now, here's a tip. <clears throat> Every single year, you're going to get what's called the escrow analysis. The bank is going to send it to you. Please read it. Learn to understand that because that is telling you exactly what's happening in that escrow account. Depending on when your taxes are due and where you live, some taxes, some property taxes are due quarterly, some are done semi-annually, some are done annually. The town is going to send you a tax bill. Although the bank is responsible for paying it, the town still has to send you what the bill is for the upcoming year. When you see your bill, if you do not agree with it, you can call the town and start a process called grieving your taxes, a grievance, okay, which can potentially lower your property taxes down. But that is a process and it's not guaranteed to lower your property taxes. But I just want to make you guys aware of what is out there for you. And I want you guys to be aware that your mortgage payment will increase. So when you hear me screaming to the top of my lungs, like I've been for the past four years on the internet, don't be house rich and cash poor. This is one of the prime examples because you be, you be thinking your payment $380 is going to be for the life of your loan and you'll get a rude awakening one month. You're going to open up your, your damn mortgage statement and your payment is going to be $500. And you're going to be like, what the hell happened? So I want you guys to be aware of this. Be aware of this. All right. Scroll down. Estimated taxes and insurance a month. Again, this is subject to change. Estimated closing costs plus estimated cash to close. This is basically, and you see it says from the borrower. That means what you have to bring to closing. Now, when you guys are shopping for a mortgage, I want you guys to be very clear on something else. The lender only controls two things, the interest rate and block A on its top left-hand side, the origination charges. 
We do not control title fees. We do not co control recording fees. We do not control how much um, escrow needs to be set up in that prepaid account or that initial escrow account. We do not control any of these fees. We only control the interest rate and the origination fees. So when you guys are shopping for a loan, you have to understand banks will sit here and present you offers in the beginning of your process and lowball you on purpose. They will miss fees on these loan estimates because it's not legally binding, right? It's just an estimate. They will tell you, and when they try, when you're trying to compare, you're looking at, well, this lender's rate is this and their fees are 20000 but this lender's rate is the same, but their fees are 15000 I'm going with this lender. But you don't realize that you're getting set up for the bait and switch because a lot of lenders out there will put lower fees on purpose. I'm trying to tell you this shit happens every single day. I don't care what no one tells me because I see it personally when you guys are reaching out to me, ask me to review your loan estimates, and I'm telling you, there's a lot of fees missing here. All right? So please understand that the lender only controls this. So my advice to you, if you're shopping or comparing lenders, compare them with the interest rate and block A fees. That is going to give you a true determination if what lender is more expensive than the others because that's the fees that they're making their money off of, not everything else. Now, if you want to know what your title fees and your recording fees are, this is when you got to go to your title company. If your realtor or your attorney is using a particular title company, you need to ask them for what's called a title bill. And in that title bill, you'll know what all the title fees are. You'll know what the recording fees are. You'll know what the estimated escrow account will be needed to set up based off of the closing date on the contract. You'll know all that information because us as the lender, when we get to the end of the process, you see how this says loan estimate, right? This is in the beginning of the process. When you get to the end of the process, you're going to get what's called a CD, a closing disclosure. And the lender, to update that closing disclosure, they have to get all the final bills from the title company and all other parties involved. That way they can update that closing disclosure to make it as accurate as possible. So please understand the difference in this. Don't just be willy-nilly an emotional home buyer and say, oh, this one's cheaper than this one and this, that, third, and you're not even understanding. By the time you get to the end, it's going to be with that person who was hired probably even quoted you because they were probably doing the right thing. So just understand the difference. And this is kind of why instead of me showing you a PowerPoint presentation, I kind of wanted to give you an example, a real life example of what this looked like because a lot of you have never seen a loan estimate before. I see people in the YouTube comments talking about they never even heard of Block A. This is exactly why I wanted to show my screen and show this to you guys so you have a better understanding of what these things look like. All right? We got it, y'all? Okay, good. Whew. All right, back to the slides. And we're almost done. So that's the closing cost section. Underwriting process. Now, after you go through your pre-approval, you're shopping for your home, you're ready to go, you're going to now update your loan officer, he or she, and let them know that you have a contract. And then that's when you're going to get your initial disclosures. 
And, and as a part of that initial disclosure package will be that loan estimate that I just showed you. Again, look at the loan estimate at this point, if you're still shopping for a lender, and I'm going to tell you this right now, at this point, if you're still shopping for a lender when you get the contract, you're kind of behind the eight ball because I think you should have did your shopping while you was in the pre-approval process. But if you're still shopping, again, remember, block A and interest rate. That's what you need to pay attention to. Okay? Now, um, let's keep it with interest rates real quick. Locking in. Very important in these times. As you all have seen over the past six months, I should say, that the market has been going absolutely bonkers with interest rates. This is not the time to float interest rates. So there's two things you can do when you get your contract. You can either lock it in and when we lock in, we lock in for a certain period of time, y'all. We lock in either for 30 days, 45 days, 60 days, 90 days, up to six months, right? Or you can float, which means floating means you're playing the market. I do not recommend floating in today's market because it moves so rapidly. If you want to try to protect yourself, let's just say you lock in and you want to hedge your bet, so to speak, if the market does drop, ask your lender if they have a float down policy. Type in chat, float down, okay? Float down policy, very important. So let me give you an example. You are locking in today at 5.5%, okay? You're locking in at 5.5%. But your, your loan officer, after you consult with them and you say, you know what, we think the rates might drop a half a point in your favor. It may drop the 4.875 to 5% in like two weeks while we're doing the process based off of what's happening in the market. So we can lock you in with the flow down option. It may now a lender's going to charge you for this. So what this means is if the rate does drop that at least a quarter to three-eighths of a point lower, then the loan officer can float down the rate and take advantage of the market decreasing and break you from that five and a half to that five and a quarter to that 5.1 to the 5%. But they may charge you a point for that. Now, for those of you who don't know what a point is, a point is 1% of the loan amount and it's used to buy down your interest rate. So $100,000 loan amount times one point equals $1,000. All right? So I want you guys to understand when you are trying to lock in, if your lender has that option, <clears throat> take advantage of it. It may cost you some money. Now, what happens if the rates don't decrease? Then you just pay the point for no reason. So you also got to understand the market and work with a loan officer who understands the market and is watching the trends that's happening in the market to determine if it's even worth you paying that extra point to do the float down option. All right. <clears throat> but speak to your loan officer for more details about this. Whew. So now you're locking your rate. You go to underwriting, 
you get your loan reapproved by underwriting, they're going to have what's called conditions. You meet those conditions. It could be updated pay stubs, updated bank statements. It could be letters of explanations. It could be whatever the hell the underwriter wants to see to satisfy the commitment letter. And once you meet those, plus you get your clean title report, you get an appraisal report, it gets submitted back to underwriting, and then boom. From there, they submit the loan for clearance to close. And in a perfect world, the underwriter will clear everything, and then congratulations, you can now schedule your closing. But the mortgage process is not perfect, I'm here to tell you. You will go through pain, you will go through agony, you will go through frustration. Uh, you will go through some BS. Okay, so have your expectations set properly that you are going to go through some pain and some BS. Even if you went through a pre-underwriting process, you will still go through the pain and the BS. This is just this is just the business that we are in. It is not perfect, but you have to have your expectations set right. So once you once the underwriter and oh, be prepared to be asked for documents, the same documents a couple times. This happens with certain lenders, not going to name no names, <laughs> but this happens, okay? I need you to understand this is part of the process and it will frustrate the hell out of you, rightfully so, but just give them whatever the hell they want and let's move on, all right? And once you go through that underwriting process, you meet all your conditions, congratulations, you are now clear to close and you can go close on your house. That is my time for today, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I got. There you have it. Better than college. Whew. EYL University. Give them what they want, man. Just be patient. Tell them that. Okay. <laughs> Give them what they want, son. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's that. Put some fire in the chat. If you enjoyed that high-level conversation, as my brother 19 Keys would say, um, you know, that's what it's about, man. <clears throat> not getting that kind of education anywhere, definitely not in school. And that's one of the things I always talked about, like buying a home is probably the biggest purchase that anybody's going to make. And for most people, that's their biggest investment. A lot of people, unfortunately, that's their only investment. And if you think about it, for the biggest purchase, the most important purchase and something that most of your net worth is in for the average American you have no education on it. Like they never teach you anything. It's like you just go out there and just hope that you, you, you're not getting taken advantage of, but you just go to a bank and you say, okay, I'm trying to buy a home. And you just follow whatever they tell you. You don't know if it's the best thing for you or not. You don't know about the program. You don't know the process. You make mistakes. You don't have to get your documents in order. You don't get the mortgage, you lose a home. It's a learning process and you learn as you go. But you can make a lot of mistakes. So I always thought, like, why would they not have this as part of a core curriculum? Because it's something that is very common. A lot of people buy homes and to not have any idea of how to do it, it just doesn't make any sense. So um, it's something that we never even questioned because we just were so used to just not even having it that it was just like, all right, you know, just, just go with the flow. But now we have institutions like EYL University, and we have professionals like Matt who um, are very gracious with their time and they're educating the masses. So do not take it for granted because it's not something that has ever really happened before in a language that most people 
especially in our world, understood. So just wanted to give kudos to Matt. Definitely, um, you know, a legend in the game when it comes to real estate, financing, um, home lending. Uh, very, very important. Very, very important. Good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's the guy we call him for sure. And with any question, right? Like, and that's the thing too, being humble enough to know that you don't know everything, um, but having a resource that's almost like an encyclopedia at your disposal, it makes everything a lot better. Uh, so I'm per- personally going through the process. And so every time I get a letter, the first guy I call is Matt to make sure everything's right. Uh, but 6 a.m. calls. <laughs> everybody <laughs> doesn't have that. Um, and so ha- having this type of information presented in front of you, it can alleviate that fear. A lot of times people get in that fear process where they don't want to take action because they, they don't want to make the mistake. But what's been laid out for you right here is, is a detailed version of what you need to do in order to get that first property. So, Matt, I appreciate you for, you know, decreasing that level of fear for people to make that first step. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt, man. That's what we're here for, man. Each one teach one. And like Shadi said, no one taught us this in school. The school curriculum is not made for us to know this type of stuff. How our parents didn't even teach us how to do this because for the most part, they didn't really know. Most of our parents who purchased homes, they tripped and fell into home ownership. It wasn't like, you know what I'm saying, that, that was taught. So for me to be able to um, be blessed with the knowledge to be able to pass it on to my community at scale because of platforms like EYL University, um, it's life-changing for me. And I don't take it lightly. I love, and this is why I always say my license number, because I'm proud to be a licensed real estate professional. I tell people all the time, I'm not an internet guy. You just see me on the internet. This is what I do every single day. This is what my team does. We help a lot of people and I don't brag about it. You'll never see me posting clothes and follows. You'll never see me doing boomerangs (laughs) respectfully. I say that respectfully because everybody got their own swag and that's cool. But I help. Don't get it twisted. MG closes a lot of loans and I help a lot of people directly and indirectly. I help some of your favorite people that you watch all the time and you'll never hear me chasing no clout because I I don't do this for clout. I do this to help my people at scale because I am a terrible internet marketer. If I was really an internet marketer, I would flood your timeline with testimonials and all types of ish. But if you've been following me for years, you don't see that on my page. You see information all day long information, information, and information. And I want you guys to execute at a high level. I don't even ask you guys for business for 90% of the time. I'm just giving you the information. And if you work with me and my team, great. Cherry on top. God bless. Thank you very much. But I don't do this for leads either. I do this because I want our people to own some shit because our home ownership rate is 42% in our community. And it's very important for us to close the wealth gap. Real estate is a major component of that. So we have to own real estate. That's a fact. So we're going to go into some questions. Before we go into questions, somebody said if MG had a book or a pamphlet or something, I would buy it. So he actually has... It's even better than that. The real estate encyclopedia. Well, he has a book too. <laughs> I was about to pull a book too, but <laughs> we ain't gonna talk about the book though. Let's talk about what we're talking about. So he got the Home Buyer's Blueprint, Volume One and Volume Two, over twenty hours of content. So imagine this one hour. He got twenty hours of content, which literally walks you through every single thing A to Z. And then Volume Two is like the rehab pack. Where you go over two or three K loans, everything you know rehab is literally like step by step blueprint on all things real estate and real estate investing. 
And what we did was originally that rolled out as a separate, and it's still a separate if you want that individually, but we, we, we packaged it together with EYL University. So anybody that's in EYL University gets access to Home Buyer's Blueprint Volume 1 and Volume 2 as part of EYL University. And for EYL University, of course, we have monthly financial planning calls with me. We have uh, weekly investment classes. Shout out to Chris. We have um, over 100 archive classes because we do classes every single week. And we have clubs. So people ask all the time, like, what's the difference between Earn Your Leisure at EYL University? Earn Your Leisure is like a public school. You can learn either way. That's the good thing. It's like you can learn either way. Public school is free. EYL University is more hands-on. It's a learning experience where we have Zoom calls. We answer questions. People actually learn from each other. It's a community. It's like, you know, I actually get to talk. I do my financial planning thing once a month. Troy does the book club, movie club. So, I mean, it's, it's something that we wanted to take the best aspects of school, but, you know, add our spin to it and just make the things that's really applicable as opposed to teaching you, like, you know, about the stars and the moon and all that kind of stuff. Um, dissecting frogs and things that wasn't really necessary. So, and we did it at a, at a competitive price point that I don't think anybody in our industry has ever been able to accomplish to be able to, to do that. At. And, um, you know, we, we in a good vibe right now. We got invest fest coming up. MG is going to be at invest fest and, um, you know, it's just, it's good. It's good times right now. So we decided to just do a flash sale, 48 hour, 4th of July flash sale. We'll probably run into like Saturday. Um, and we're going to do 75% off $4.99 for the whole entire year. And that's the lowest price it's been since Black Friday. It hasn't been that price yeah. since Black Friday. Yeah. Um, yeah. So literally 100 hours of videos, calls with me every month, Home Buyers Blueprint, Volume 1, Volume 2, Book Club, Movie Club, access to the Facebook group, access to the weekly classes, access to the, to the weekly investment classes, $500. Like that's almost impossible to accomplish but nothing is impossible at eyl so um that's, yeah. that's a night out at tgi fridays a month and we ain't we, that's a fact. <laughs> once a month that's a fact so you know people always complain about stuff not being affordable if you if you can't afford that then it's just not the right time for you right now you can just stay and just watch the podcast watch youtube and you get a lot of information there but if you just want to you know a little bit more of a higher education your handheld direct access to to us on a certain level. Um, yeah. Choice is yours. 48 hours, EYL University flash sale. I'll pin it. I'll pin the, the link in YouTube, and then I'll also put it in the description of this video. And uh, the best part about these classes that we do is that we actually get to answer questions. So this is something that, you know, once again, you don't do that on a podcast where we actually, you know, take Zoom questions and, and we answer it. So it's just like being in a classroom. So yeah. that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to answer a few questions yes. before we wrap. And um, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Renee. Renee, uh, one of our top earners. I see she put the entire pamphlet of things. Yeah, yeah, shout she, out to baby. <laughs> yeah, they always they always in everything. Shout out to all our earners. Uh, let's try this. Let's go Lucky 313. We coming to you on Mute Yourself. You've been unmuted. What's going on? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you perfectly. What's Sir. going on? How y'all doing, the bad black man? What's going on? Uh, my, great. How are you? My question. Pretty well, pretty well. Thank you. Well, obviously, I'm from Detroit. And our what, market up, what up, though? Appears, what up, though? Our market appears to be extremely, extremely overpriced, in my opinion. I am currently looking for a home. Um, and it's almost to the point where 
it's like who who are buying these homes and who honestly can afford them because when you talk to other buyers that are people that's not of a conglomerate everyone is saying the same thing you go look at a house it's already kind of overpriced fifty thousand, and you still in a bidding war. What would you do if you are in that situation? Um, rent is overpriced too. Pick your poison. That's kind of the only thing you can do right now. We are in inflationary times, so ultimately, right now, um. I understand your concerns, but maybe you need to start looking at home. And I'm taking that these homes are turnkey. They're probably already renovated, correct? Fam, can you hear me? Lucky, you there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. One sec, one sec, one sec. I'm asking him to unmute himself. Well, let's just say that they're turnkey. So let's just say they turn key, right? Then you have to find something that's not turn key. Can you hear me? Yeah, we hear So Lucky, is those houses fully renovated homes you're looking at? No, man. You still have to go in there and put sixty to 100000 in there to update it and make it the way that you would want it. Are they livable? Yes. But you would still need maybe a roof, windows. I mean, you still got to go in there and put work into these houses. How much are these houses worth after your repairs? Um, they already overpriced when you buying it. But no, the question is how after. So if you buy at whatever price and you put in fifty to hundred k, how much is the house going to be worth? Um, that part I'm not sure. To my from what it appears, before you put the fifty to hundred into it, you already buying a house with no equity. There's nothing left. There's no more room left. So if you have no equity, then obviously that's not worth it for you to go into a home and then you got to still put that amount of money and you're going to be upside down. So yeah. I would probably say then you have to probably look in different areas to whereas you're not you're not in that same position because that's just that's just not a good deal and there's nothing you can do about that. So you don't want to pull the trigger or anything like that. You just got to find homes where if you are going to put that money that your after-renovated value is going to be greater than what you put into it, so that way you're walking into, in, in there with some equity and you're forcing that appreciation. All right. All right. Thank you much. No Appreciate, you, bro. Appreciate you, bro. All right, let's try this. Let's go to Jessica D. Jessica D, we come to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's going on with you? Damn, Jess. Damn, Jess. It was all good just three minutes ago. <laughs> Jennifer, we coming to you. Jennifer, what's going on? Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. Hello. Good evening, gentlemen. Thank you for this. What's up, Jennifer? How you doing, Matt? Quick question for you. So, you know, I'm a realtor on Martha's Vineyard. Mm -hmm. I'm in the middle of a deal now. Um, buyer client is buying land for 1.585. Appraisal mm -hmm. came back at 1.4. Um, I went back to the appraiser with comps to justify the 1585. He discounted them. He said, no good. The, um, I'm representing the buyer. The seller's agent went back and said there are errors in the appraisal. So the bank listened to that and is ordering a new appraisal. 
So I'm curious to know from your perspective as a mortgage loan officer, what our chances look like of getting, how do you deal with this kind of situation and what our chances look like of getting the appra- a new appraisal to come up with the right number t- so that the cl- buyer client doesn't have to come up with more cash? Man, this was an amazing question. I'm glad Great you question. asked that, Jennifer. Yes, Great yes. question, because this happens every day, unfortunately. So right. first, first, I want the audience to know that the, the appraiser, when he does an appraisal report, he's giving his opinion on a value. His opinion is gold to the banks, and we're going to go off of that. You guys did a great job by contesting that appraisal, and the AMC, the appraisal management company, believed you guys and and say, you know what? We're going to order a new appraisal. I will tell you from my experience, there's a 50, maybe I would probably say a 65% chance that appraisal comes in low too. Oh, wow. It is a and it's a 30 to 40% chance that it might hit the numbers that you want. You have to remember these appraisers talk to each other. Number one, they all provide in the same the same comps everywhere you go. And right. a lot and a lot of appraisers they're going to use the same type of formulas to either adjust up or adjust down when it comes to the adjustments and comparables and things of that nature. So there's a good possibility that this piece of land will get appraised for the same value or probably a little bit more. It's a mm. good possibility that it probably won't get appraised for the sales price. Yeah, you know what? That, that that might be something we need to just have like a whole class on the appraisal process because I've had some experiences even now with uh, some you know property that I'm I'm actually um, building. You know, thinking that the square feet is going to be one thing, but understanding like yo, if there's no floor, then that really doesn't count inside inside of the appraisal process. So even understanding the intricacies of that because that could be a process that could make or break a deal and make or break the amount of equity that you think that you have in a property. So Jessica, I appreciate that question. That was a great one. Yeah, that was that was um the appraisal process is such a, a finicky process. And I want everybody to understand lenders do not control appraisals. That's number one. Um there's an appraisal management company, AMC, that acts as the third party um person between the appraiser and the lender. The that AMC is choosing from a round robin of appraisers that's approved with said lender, and then they pick that appraiser goes out. And us at the on the lender side, we have no clue who that appraiser is until we get the actual report back. So a lot of people always say it's the lender, it's the lender. No, it's not the lender. It's we, our hands are tied because of all the regulations that was put in place after the wild cowboy days. So that was a. Uh, a great question, but it's an unfortunate thing that happens in this market. And if you do get a low appraisal, then that might go in your buyer's favor. Now it's time to negotiate because now you got two low appraisals. Right. Well, that's what I told him that we're going back to the seller and asking him to reduce the price if it doesn't work out, Yeah. which, which is great, which is great for him. And I want, you know, him to get a fair price. Absolutely. And it, and it goes in a favor. My question is, what are they doing with this land? Building a house. Okay, so they are. What type of financing are they doing? Um, or are they doing eight, cash? No, no. It's um, we do have a lot of cash deals, but this one they're financing um, an eighty twenty loan. Okay, okay. Yeah. So they're doing eighty percent down and doing the rest of um twenty eighty percent financing percent down, and yes. then they get they so they're doing acquisition and construction in one loan. 
Yes. Yes. Okay. Smart yes. play. I like that. Yeah. 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 We know yeah. a thing or two about that on that. Yeah, we know a, th- a thing or two. <laughs> yeah. Good question. And one more thing, Matt. You know, mm-hmm. I live in Massachusetts, but I you don't know that I grew up in Rockaway. Queens get the money. Queens oh. get the money. Let's go. You at the end of the the Rockaway is the end of the earth. <laughs> The end of the earth. <laughs> the end of the earth. Shout out to the Rockaways. Shout out to Jennifer. Thanks, Jennifer. Thank you. You're Appreciate welcome. you, Jennifer. <laughs> Queens get the money. All right, let's let's try this. Let's, uh, Regina, what's going on? I see you on muted. How you doing? Hey, don't be alarmed. This is our uh, brother Reggie. Uh, hey, Matt, Troy, Rashad. What up? What up, Reggie? <laughs> oh, he's like, don't be alarmed. Netflix switch on us. So I'm trying to house hack. So long story- hack, man. What you talking about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So long story short, <laughs> my mom's a real estate broker. We we're trying to find multifamily properties back in 2019. We couldn't find any. But she found me an off-the-market deal on a single family house in the upcoming neighborhood. Now, I'm rehabbing this house right now. But I want to kind of do a four, three, two, one. So my question for Matt is: can I move out of here, run this place out, move on my parents, and then four three two one from there? Do you own the house you're in now? Yeah, it's a conventional 20-year on it right now. What type of property is it? Single family. So you have a single family, and then you want to move with your parents and then go buy multifamilies to house hack. Yeah, rent this place out if I have to and move with my parents and just uh, get a uh, triplex, duplex, or what? I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, so I, I, great question, bro. File the taxes properly. Why are you living with your parents? So make sure you show the single family property as an investment property on your tax returns. So that way, when it's time for you to get your multifamilies and a lender say, well, you have this mortgage as a single family. No, it's an investment property. Look at the tax returns. It's on there. It's listed as an investment property. So that way, you buy your multifamily and now doing your house hack journey, that won't impact you at all. Okay. From that perspective, now obviously, you know, depending on how much you deduct and everything like that, could impact your debt to income ratio and what you can qualify for. That's a whole deeper conversation. But essentially, to act, answer the question, if you if you rent it out and you file it on your taxes and show it as a true investment, you shouldn't have an issue with the house hack to start your house hacking. Okay, great. So one more question for that. So I have to wait the entire year to get taxes back with my tax return to prove this, or can I do it before the year bid? When are you planning on doing this? Uh, I plan on moving out of here. I'm going to space out by December. I would say if you can get a tenant in there in this calendar year. Okay. Because remember, if you wait till December to move and you get somebody in there January, now you're in 2023. Okay. You know what I mean? So I would say wait. I would say if you can get a tenant in there start paying you so that way you can file for 2022 and show it on there, then you're you're in a better position. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. All right, let's try to, let's go to, uh, let's go to Ashley. Ashley, we are coming to you. Unmute yourself. You have been unmuted. Hopefully you have a good night. What's going on? Hey there. How are you guys doing? Hey, Ashley. Um, I wanted to just shout out and say thank you guys. I went to the Black Money Forum and I met you guys. 
Shout out to Drew Bernard. Oh, what happened to her? What happened to her? Damn. No, can you oh, hear me? Okay, yes. So I went to the Black Money Forum and I seen all you guys out there. Really great information. Met with you too, MG. So thank you so much. Appreciate you. Um, so I wrote my question in the chat, um, but I'm going to go back and get it. So I have a few, but I'm currently on the process of trying to get myself together so that I can get like that pre-appraisal done in order to start looking and, you know, just get myself ready. Um, I found a vendor, a lender, um, and I'm currently working through that process. A question that I have is, can I go to multiple lenders at the same time? Or do I have to start with one lender and kind of like work from there? For your pre-approval? Yes. Um, you can go to multiple lenders at the same time. If you're going to have multiple lenders run your credit, I would recommend doing it all within the same 24 hours, Ooh, um, okay. 24 to 48 hours. Um, but I'll be honest with you. You don't need to go to multiple lenders once you know what you're talking about, mm -hmm. right? You just need to go to one lender, know your scenario, right? So that's why it's important for you to be like the CEO, right? and understand the process and understand your debt to income ratio, understand what programs that you are pre-approved for. So that way, when you go to lender B and C, you can have an intelligent conversation with them about your profile, right? So I can say, look, this is my FICO. I got a 40 over 42 debt to income ratio. I'm already pre-approved from ABC lender to get the home ready program with, I'm doing 5% down. Mm -hmm. I These are my specs. A knowledgeable loan officer is going to hear that and say, oh, you know what you're talking about. Well, based off what you're saying, I can get X, Y, and Z for you. You know what I mean? What did they quote you? Oh, I can probably do that too, right? Without you having to go through the credit polls. And that's when you get more into being like that interviewer. You know what I'm saying? Versus mm -hmm. the emotional home buyer where it's just like you're happy just to get several pre-approval letters and offers. And you're just like... You're happy go lucky, right? And now multiple people don't run your credit for absolutely no reason. No reason, um, right? So for me, that's why we did the Home Buyers Blueprint Volume One and Volume Two, especially Volume One, to teach you guys how to be honestly. People have taken the blueprint and now they're loan officers because of the blueprint because it taught them so much and now they got into the game, right? Mm -hmm. So if you and you have access to the blueprint, so I would tell you go in there and study that bad boy. It's over 15 hours of great information and it will teach you everything that you need to know, how to calculate your income, how to figure out your debt to income ratio. Hell, you'll probably be, when you finish the, pre, the, the blueprint, you can pre-approve yourself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and you'll know exactly what you're doing. So I, I would say, it, can you, to answer your question, yes. Can you go to multiple lenders at the same time, run your credit, and get three different pre-approvals? Absolutely. But if you got the home buyer's blueprint at your disposal, you don't need that. You don't really need that. Okay, perfect. I am an EYL member, so I'm going to go ahead and get in there and take another look at that. Take advantage. So take advantage. We got, you know, we, got the, we got the assessments after every chapter. You're going to be able to test your knowledge base. And and then you got MG. You can always hit me up, too, because I, I, I respond to the earners every day, all day. That that's, is so true. And I know that's that for priceless. A fact. That's priceless. I know that for a fact. I could so charge y'all 20 bands you. for that. <laughs> 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 I, I ain't going to hold y'all up. 
I hear that. Thank you so much. I have one more question real quick. I Go know ahead. guidelines just real quick. So can you do a FH? I think you answered that already. You could do a FHA loan on a multi-property, um, on a multi-unit property. Um, but here in here in Brooklyn in New York City, um, like the everything is so expensive right now. What happens if um can I don't know if we have like the Albany the banks where you can kind of get houses that are on foreclosure and whatnot, but can you use a FHA loan towards a multi-property that might be on a foreclosure list? Absolutely. Right. You can buy you can use an FHA loan for a burnt down bando building and get the money to repair it. Noted. You can get a hundred percent of your rehab costs. You can put down as little as three point five percent down. You can buy a burnt down bando and use an FHA two or three K and you have access to the home buys blueprint volume two, the rehab pack that teaches you all of that too. Right? Huh? Trapping out the bando. Trapping out the bando in my Rashad voice. The 203K will help you trap out the bando. And this is the perfect tool for mm -hmm. anybody, for especially first timers who are looking to become real estate investors. The 203K gives you that training wheels because you have what's called the HUD consultant. That HUD consultant acts like a construction project manager. And that person is there to protect you and the bank from the contractors, CON tractors, con artist mm -hmm. tractors, right? So it's a perfect tool to use. Um, and I highly advise if you want to go that route, foreclosure, short sales, rehab, yeah. use that two or three K for your advantage, especially in a high cost state like New York, where it is so expensive here to buy multifamilies, you have to find that rundown piece of crap house. But right. you know, the two or three K is there to help you. And it's included in your membership. Take advantage. All right. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Ashley. No, no problem. Thank you, Thank you Ashley. Shout out to Jewel right, Bernard with the black, with the black money farm too. That was a great time. All right. Shout fun. out to Jewel. Shout out to my guy, Jewel. Look, man, the Home Buyer Blueprint Volume 1 is worth at least $1,000. Minimum. Volume 1 and Volume 2, at least $2,500. So when I'm talking about volume one and volume two added bundled together with everything else that's in EYL University, which we go over, and you get to ask questions for Market Mondays. That's that's the number one. How do you get to ask Zoom questions? You got to be in EYL University. <clears throat> for $500 for the year, it's never going to happen again. I promise you. I promise you it's never going to happen they, again. They corrected you. They said this is even lower than Black Friday. But what was Black Friday? They said it was... Uh, I think it was six ninety nine, right? Yeah, $5.99. $5.99? Yeah, yeah. Lowest sale ever then. Lower than Black Friday. $4.99. Entire year. Home Buyers Blueprint, Volume 1, Volume 2. Access to the Facebook group. Access to the Infinity Clubs. Access to my monthly financial planning calls. Access to the movie club and the book club. Access to the weekly classes that we have on Zoom every single Wednesday at 8 o'clock. Access to the weekly investment classes taught by Chris. Um access to my monthly calls mm -hmm. those things those things going for three hours and we got an in-person experience that we we're going crafting yeah mm. oh. an in-person experience that's coming coming soon okay. exclusive for eyl university members um oh wait till they get that one. Oh my lord <laughs> if y'all don't join now just because of that event 
Y'all see InvestFest. Hold on. Let me talk some shit real quick. Y'all see InvestFest. InvestFest is going to be the biggest ever. <laughs> ever. Imagine what we do for this for the earners. Oh. InvestFest, InvestFest.com, man. When you when you could put OG the Mortgage Guy, 19 Keys, Ian Dunlap, Wall Street Trapper, Aristotle Investments, Chris Johnson, mm. Keanu Watson, Milano, mm. and, uh, DJ Envy, Caesar, when you could put them, and then you add Steve Harvey, you add Charlemagne the God, you add Rick Ross, you add Circle of CEOs, all of them. Um, yeah. You add TIP, you add Kenny Burns, you add Terrence J, you add Eric Thomas, the number one motivational speaker in the world. Terry. Don't forget to Terry. Doing a thing. <laughs> Trade and travel. And, and we, we, you didn't even mention Dan Cathy. Oh, my God. That's, that's six. That's Dan Cathy's worth $7 billion. He's the former CEO of Chick-fil-A. Um, David Shans, Sleepers for Suckers. Ash Cash. Wait, is it safe to say that Dan Cathy will not be the only billionaire in attendance? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. Get your VIP ticket. Get your VIP ticket. It's not fair. The fight fix. That's the new line, MG. It's not fair. What we what we doing is not fair. It's, it's a missile strike. It's a oh, missile man. strike. We have a missile strike, and we got we got a basement full of unreleased nuclear bombs. We got a, a basement full. <laughs> Yo, when that second wave come out, it's gonna be over. We got a basement. Yo, what, what's that saying? <laughs> That second wave going to hit y'all like a tidal wave, a tsunami. I'm trying to tell y'all. Man, I can't wait till we announce it. So go. Best Fest, man. Y'all need to be at Best Fest, man. It's going to be a whole weekend of experiences. We're going to have the official after party. Shout out to my brother, Smitty. Best Fest. Smitty. Man. Yep. I don't even want to give it a comparison. but There's none. Every year it's going to get bigger and bigger. And it's going to, the city of Atlanta. Y'all know a demonstration. Y'all need to actually at this point, Atlanta, we need to we need to be compensated from the city because we raised the ticket prices last year. My barber, shout out to Bubs, he was coming from New York and last minute flight. And he was like, Why is the flight $800 to Atlanta? It's like $200 flight. And he called the airlines and it was like, We're seeing an uptick for some reason. I don't know what's going on, but we're seeing an uptick in travel from New York. We 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 raised the ticket prices last year. That's a fact. We are responsible for raising ticket prices. <laughs> like, like we caused the inflation in the marketplace in Atlanta. We and so man. <laughs> ATL man. Let's have a conversation. Somebody hit up the mayor. We could take this on we could take this to another city. This is true. Leverage. Very true. We can take this to another city. We got to look at the, the ticket prices for planes, for hotels, restaurants, hookah lounges, gentlemen clubs. Support Forget about it. it. Everything goes up that weekend. Everything yeah, you, goes up that weekend. You know what's going to go up? That VIP, VIP dinner on that Thursday. Mm, 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 mm. That's not a <laughs> No, that's top secret. That's society stuff. Oh, man. It's about having fun. Um, we can't forget my Jose Canseco vintage. 
We can't, we can't, we can't I, forget. I've become a fashion icon these days. And, um, Yo, Shadi is a nut. I ain't gonna hold you, bro. I saw the Conseco earlier in the video. I saw oh, Shadi trying to kill him early. Yo, I learned to embrace it. Forget. You gotta embrace it. You can't run from who you are. And it's not, I've always did fashion my whole life. So this would only make sense the next move. <laughs> Wait till the next move that you see. Um, it, it's called bigger. Yeah. It's okay. called bigger. Yeah. Bigger. Yeah. Uh, Respectfully. <sighs> man. You got to have fun with it, man. If you're not having fun, life is too short not to have fun, man. That's why we do this edutainment. We miss, we mix education with entertainment and we put it in a blender and uh, we just have fun, man. That's what it's about. Yeah, that's um, it. You know, psh, psh, and you got EYL. That's it. Don't take yourself too seriously. Got to have fun with it. Got to educate people. You got to make money. And um, you got to stay fresh at all times. That's very, very important. important. Very important. Drip responsibly. Very important. Yes. Drip or die. It's the, it's the, it's the EYL way. Drip or die. That's the new slogan. Drip or die. I know our demonstration. Get fresh or die trying. So um, I say that to say EYL University. If you're not at EYL University, you got to question things. You got to sit down and start to question things in your life. $4.99, nobody else is doing that. Not one person. Nobody. I'm going to be honest with you. This price point is disrespectful. Yes. For the amount of value that people get for this dollar amount, like we give more value than I think anybody. I'm not going to hold you up. Take think out of it. <laughs> Let me take, that? matter of fact, we give more value to anybody. Okay. For the price points, this is the most affordable educational platform in the marketplace for less than a night at Pasha's in Atlanta. <laughs> Funny you say that. <laughs> Y'all know our demonstration. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> like, you go out with your home, you go to Chop House Times Square, you're going to spend triple that with your friends. At least. Yeah. At least. You go, I had a bill for $1,800 at Chop House, uh, Chop House last weekend. Glad I was sick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't miss those bills. Those bills, they come up. But you really think about it. That's one night of just enjoying with the family and friends. You can get three people. You can get two people at EYLU and a couple tickets for a Vest Fest for that same price. It's true. Yes. Priorities. <sighs> Priorities are important. EYL train rolls along. EYL University is investing in itself. Biggest investment you can make. Invest Fest. Yeah, we, will, we will be there. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's called Stay Tuned. I encourage you. Every, every time we do something, we do it big. We went to our Basel. We had DJ Khaled. We had Sean. Sean Poe. Like, that's Sean Poe. I, I didn't want the phone calls today. Man, <laughs> y'all going to see soon enough, man. <laughs> y'all going to see soon enough. Hey, yo, the phone calls today alone. Look, y'all going to see soon enough. When Shadi hit me with the call today, I said, oh, really? Oh, we got a call after that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we got we, we after this, man. See, oh, I'm look, guys, this is real time. I'm not even updated on the other call that yeah. happened yet because they've been moving and shaking. I've been moving and shaking, right? But... The call Shadi already hit me with was like, oh, I had to look at my phone. Like, damn. Still in the meeting. Still. 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 
<laughs> they call it the biggest <laughs> for a reason. <laughs> Ever. So, yeah, man. Oh. The best part is that the people here, they're going to get to enjoy it. And we're telling y'all firsthand because every time we talk like this, I know we're saying it in jest, but we're really serious. Like, what we're about to deliver has never been done. And we're glad that our community is going to be there to celebrate it with us because it's a win for all of us. It's a, it's a win for the space. It's a win for the community. It's a win for the world, really, because financial literacy, like I said, is a world topic. And uh, we, you know, we, we are fortunate to be at the forefront of it. And we take that very seriously. But we, we do it with fun. So you got to you gotta have fun. Gotta have fun. But we thank you guys. Thank you for, for joining us. As always, thank you for rocking with us. More information every single day. It don't stop. More information every single day. Um, just keep spreading the word. Uh, subscribe. Watch Rants and Gems every single Wednesday. Watch Earn Your Leisure every Tuesday. Watch Market Mondays every Monday. Watch Inside the Vault. Inside the Vault every Thursday. Yeah. High-level conversations whenever 19 Keys decides to put episodes oh, out. God, we got Trapper this Saturday. But yeah, this Saturday. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out to Trapper. I spoke to him today. His birthday is uh, coming up. So happy birthday to my brother. Shout out to, shout out to Big Trap. Make sure y'all watch that. We just dropped the Ransom Gems with Jose the Credit Dude talking about that business credit and real estate, man. So go ahead after this, go watch that. It's a phenomenal episode. So shout out to Jose. He's a certified gym. Matt, sure. Matt breaking news alert. We got to go, y'all. <laughs> Yo, peace, y'all. Peace. I got to go. I'm a FaceTime, y'all. Hey, yo, pay up your phone. You're rocking with the biggest. Right now, EYL University 48 hour flash sale. Don't miss it. Go to EYLUniversity.com. Wait, wait till you see what we're about to do. It's called Please Don't Play Yourself. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Yo, congratulations, y'all. Have a good night. Be safe. Fourth Independence Day. If you celebrate that, all that. Oh, my. Matt, pick up your phone. Peace, y'all. Right now. Yeah, right now. <laughs>